Welcome to PPC 101, the show that trains and teaches you the fundamental basics and news about paid digital marketing. Get informed, enlightened, and inspired with our hosts who will give you all the beginner's information you need. Listen for our weekly tips and learn from our expert marketers. Cranberry Radio proudly presents PPC 101 with your hosts, David Ogletree and Amber Terrell. Welcome to PPC 101 on Cranberry.fm. I'm your host, David Ogletree from WME Training. And I am your co-host, Amber Turrell from White Coat Digital. How are you doing, Amber? Oh, you know, I'm just hanging in there, just uh, burning a scented candle so that I don't lose it, you know? <laughs> you know how it goes? you got to burn that scented candle, woosah. Yeah, I'm dealing with my air conditioner going out in my car and... We're having our, you know, 75-degree Houston Christmases, and so uh, dealing with that. Dude, are you going back to the Are you going back to the college years? Yeah. <laughs> with the car with the taped-on side mirror? Those are my college years anyway. Yep. So I guess we're going to go ahead and start off and talk about the news. There's not a whole lot of news because um, Christmas break, they don't usually make a lot of changes. and So there's not a whole lot of stuff going on. So I had to really dig deep to find stuff to talk about today. First off, the biggest thing is that uh, Amazon has decided to get back into product listing ads, PLA ads. And what this, uh, if you don't know what that is, uh, it's ads that are at the top. And you see like a picture of a thing and a price and then the, a link. And um, that's now part of AdWords. It didn't used to be. And so Amazon, as you can imagine, is the you know 500-pound gorilla and uh, has not been involved since Google introduced ads, paid ads a while back. Um, Amazon didn't get into it. They just got out of it altogether because it used to be free. It was like an SEO kind of thing. But now that they started charging for it back a few years ago, Amazon just said, forget it. And uh, apparently this last few weeks, they just got into it. And um, so the, the jury's still out. People are seeing, you know, the main thing about the news is to make sure to, to check your product listing ads if you're using them because right. prices might be going up. Um, you've got a big competitor now that wasn't there before. And um, another one, it's it's kind of a little old, but uh, Microsoft um, just bought LinkedIn. Have you heard about that? Ah, I did. I did not know that. What is up with that? Well, I mean, uh, they just uh, they decided there would be a synergy between the two of them, of course. And um, and the way it relates to paid advertising is that now, well, both both systems have their own paid advertising. Uh, LinkedIn has it. Microsoft has it. The one thing I've seen talked about is that they're actually going to start having um, sponsored content from LinkedIn will now be available on Microsoft properties. And, Ooh, can uh, we can we enlighten the audience as to what sponsored content is for those of us that don't know? Uh, basically, you just write an article. It's it's uh, and then uh, and then. Uh, it, just like Facebook, it's like writing a Facebook post and promoting it. Similar, so it's just cool. uh, content that you're sponsoring, and um, and so I imagine there's going to be quite a few connections between the two. You know, you have Bing ads. Is LinkedIn going to start using those? LinkedIn has paid ads. Uh, are they going to cross between each other or combine and be one thing? You know, we don't know. It's all out, still out. But yeah. that's that's just kind of the big news to be looking out for. That I've actually seen the new version of LinkedIn. It looks pretty good. Um, it is cool. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. So. Do you think that Facebook has anything to worry about from LinkedIn folks that are in the B2B space? Well, I mean, you get what I mean. Does well, Facebook sure. have anything to worry about? Sure, and so does Twitter and and even Google, I think. You know, it it's uh they're going to start working together. You know, you know, sometimes people like to ignore Bing because you know, they they only have, you know, 30 some odd percent of um search traffic but um you know it's still a lot of people you know microsoft's still a big player and uh, microsoft bing and ad google adwords it is it is a lot of people and let's i mean let's not forget that in that b2b space a lot of the the dell computers that are purchased in mass on contract to be used at, at some of these businesses automatically come with Internet Explorer, which, of Mm -hmm. course, automatically comes with Bing in it. So a lot of people aren't necessarily using Google as their default browser at work, especially those people that are in occupations where they really could care less what search engine they're using. So that's going to be really interesting in terms of how LinkedIn comes to play there. Right. 
Yeah, all the big players, you know, they're all trying to compete with each other. You know, you got yeah. Twitter, Twitter, Microsoft, Facebook, Google, LinkedIn. You know, there's lots of different ones, and uh, they're competing for the same eyeballs. And well, the, not really eyeballs so much. They're competing. Well, that they're competing for the eyeballs, and they're also competing for the paid, the advertising. Absolutely. So. But, I mean, you know, whichever one you want to use really depends on your personal preference. It depends on what your goals are. It depends on what your coverage is. And obviously, you should always be experimenting. See, I'm getting ahead of us, Dave. Like, I'm already <laughs> going to the tip section. Oh, my God, yeah. what am I doing? Yep. So the next thing, <laughs> the next thing is uh, Bing added expanded text ads back in October. That's not brand new news. But, uh, of course, they're trying to copy Google as usual. Mm. And, and uh, so Bing... Offer the expanded text ads, and just like Google, you really should update your your ads so that you use them. Um, but the news is is that um, Google, re- I mean, uh, Google Bing um, released a mobile app a while back for Bing ads, and um, apparently you could not. Uh, I don't use it, but apparently you could not modify the um, expanded text ads until recently. So about a week or so ago, they added that ability. And so that's that's basically the the news that we have today. What is it, the desktop editor for Bing, Power Editor? I know that's Facebook. Well, just Bing Ads Editor. Bing Ads Editor. Do you, do you remember the earlier versions of that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a mess. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I actually use Macintosh, so there actually isn't one. It doesn't exist. Well, I mean, it, it's a beta, and I actually just got my email today, so I could start. I haven't looked at it yet, but um, oh. I, could, I can now, because I used to have to switch over to a PC if I was going to do that. Yeah, we um, should talk about that next show. I'm interested to see what the Mac version of that software is like. Yeah, we can do a little review. Uh, that would be good. Cool. Okay, what else you got? Is that it? That is all the news. And um, I thought we'd go ahead and you can go ahead and start talking about you know the Facebook that we started talking about last week, the Facebook history. I think we should go ahead and get into that. I am more than happy to do that. Um, I love Facebook. I love Facebook ads, and I'm super excited to talk to you guys about this. And I think we might have covered this a little bit during the last show. I think it's really important to learn how these different how these different ad services, these different click services, evolved over time. And Facebook has a really interesting evolution. I think that Facebook has made content king more so than any other service of its kind out there, and uh, Dave can fight with me about that. That might be a fun little fight, if you disagree. <laughs> um, no, no, I think you're right. And I, I think that it's just a brand new hat in the game, and it's it's put Bing, it's put Google on its toes for a lot of interesting reasons. So let's just kind of dive into the evolution a little bit. First of all, I want to give a shout-out to HubSpot for this kick-ass awesome slide share presentation that they created, which I drew a lot of my data from. And it goes through the evolution of Facebook ads from the very beginning, from 2004. And um, I'll make sure that when I release content for our show that you guys have access to that link because it's it's just a really great resource to kind of zap through some of this history. But let's get started. So, David, what year did AdWords start again? Uh, 2002, I think it was. 2002. So, believe it or not, Facebook advertising started relatively... Shortly after that date, they started in 2004, just about all of us have seen um, our Mark Zuckerberg movie. God, what, what was that movie called? The Social, social, social Network? Or yeah, The Social Network. Just about all of us have seen The Social Network. Most of us know where Facebook started and how it started. Zuckerberg, Harvard... 2004 is actually when the paid portions of Facebook started as well. So Facebook had something called the Flyers Program where people on local campuses or even local businesses could pay 10 to $40 per day, and that ad revenue, of course, went directly to Facebook, to place what looked like a flyer-type ad in the sidebar of Facebook. And so this would tell students hey, we're doing this promotion or come meet for this club or this group. But people paid for it, and it was the very first paid promotion that Facebook ever did. So when you ask a lot of people who are marketers like David and I what year Facebook really started its its paid programming, it wasn't like 2007 and 2008. It was way, way earlier. 
And there was also a, a professional version of that flyers program that evolved based on a cost per click model. So your very, very first iteration of paid Facebook. Did you know that it was that early, Dave? No, actually, I've I've just started using it in the past few years myself. So, so there you go. It's been around for a while. Been around for going on thirteen years this year. So, just taking you to the next year. Do you remember when poker was all over the place and you could like get online and gamble your entire trust fund and or life savings and or pension check away? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I actually read a book about that. It was really interesting how how big that was. You know, people were traveling to islands and setting up po- you know casino online casinos on different islands. You know, because there were laws and stuff. Yeah, I remember all that. There, it's really it's really crazy just how much money has gone into all that. And in two thousand five, probably even before that, not a Facebook insider, so I can't tell you for sure, but. Somebody went and godfathered the staff at Facebook, and by that I mean they made them an offer that Facebook couldn't refuse. And that offer was, hey, let's put some ads up, and we will pay you commission for everybody that subscribes with this party poker account that we have and that spends $50. So how much money do you think Facebook made off of that? It was a lot. Probably a lot. A lot. (laughs) So because of that... Facebook execs really started to see the benefit of advertising on Facebook. And so they started to kind of seek out some deals and maybe be open to getting revenue from other folks. As most of you probably know, gambling did get outlawed, but by that time, Facebook already already had companies that were joining in. So technically, legally, you could not really have those party poker ads on Facebook or on places where people could you know, click on them and open accounts because, again, life savings, pension, trust fund, bye bye. <laughs> but oh, sorry, that's really, Dave. That's really interesting. I had never, I didn't realize that uh, the beginnings of pay-per-click were poker-related. <laughs> I never heard that. Well, just I guess I don't know if you'd want to say that it was more like an affiliate type situation, but the ads were bought on a CPA basis, basically. Right. So. When Facebook realized that they were sitting on a treasure chest, basically, they got involved with other big brands. And one of their biggest brands that they started working with in 2005 was Victoria's Secret. Now, any brand that they worked with in 2005 had to have at least a $25,000 monthly minimum ad spend to advertise on Facebook. So if you were around during that year, and I think maybe I was, 2005, 2006 is when I personally joined the ads that you were seeing, if they weren't those poker ads, they were going to be the big brand ads. Your right. your Coca-Colas, your Victoria's Secrets, um, that sort of thing. So it took a while, but in 2006, things kind of busted open a little bit for Facebook. 13 plus was allowed to join. So remember when you used to have, have to have some sort of university email to get a Facebook account? If yeah, you were 13 or older, that. yeah, because you were 10. <laughs> no, 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 I meant I wasn't on there because you. Uh, th- there was a long time where you literally could not get on Facebook unless you had a university account. You, you just couldn't. Yeah, and this is a, like this is basically saying 2006, they finally let people who were a little bit younger join. So, you know, then you had this phenomenon where people that were in high school we're starting to use Facebook to communicate and it just kind of opened doors. This is around the time that people started to get really excited about connecting with people they maybe hadn't seen in years and years and years. And as, as this time progressed through Facebook, the demographics changed a lot as well. Like a high percentage of new users in the later aughts were people who were in their forties and fifties that were reconnecting with people they hadn't spoken to since high school. So when Facebook opened the doors like this in 2006, every company in the world started having that availability to get involved into the program. And on top of that, you had new audiences that had never used Facebook before getting involved as well. So not only did the pool open for advertisers, but the advertisers became more eligible to advertise on the network themselves. So 2006, that was the year. Yep. 
And Facebook was, yeah, you know, remember Facebook was still pretty small at the time. There weren't hardly anybody on there compared to, to nowadays, of course. Yeah, and I think that this is when, I think that this is really when the ramp up started is around that year, and uh, then oh seven and oh eight happened. So, do you remember, David, what happened in two thousand and seven? I do not. The recession, my friend. Mm-hmm. Isn't that when we met uh, during think- the recession? Around 09, actually, I think that's when we met. Our pockets were empty, but our hearts were full. Yep. <laughs> See, that it's that scented candle. It just, it works. Yeah, I think 2008 is when Facebook actually started really blowing up. Yeah, it did, it did. Um, and, and why did that happen? Because of the recession. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, Facebook stepped up their advertising, and what happens to click advertising when there's a recession? People don't have thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to spend on things like billboards, on TV, newspaper ads aren't necessarily as effective. People, when there's a recession, really start to get more into digital advertising. So if you're choosing to go this route, you may very well have developed a a business for yourself that's recession-proof. So (laughs) congratulations. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so... During this recession, 07, 08, this is when Facebook really stepped up their advertising. And they stepped it up because the demand's there, right? More people want to advertise online because it's cheaper. Right. Now, as a direct result of this, the pages function came into play. So pages allowed you to get away from having a profile to manage your business. You, you don't want to use a profile because there's a limit to how many friends you can have, and there's a limit there's a limit to the flexibility of a profile, whereas with a page, you can really get yourself out there, make 100% sure that everything is public, and brand your business in a new way. And Facebook saw an opportunity there, so they made this pages feature so that businesses could differentiate themselves from the company members' personal profiles. Right, and, uh, and also at the same time, I mean, Facebook had spent you know quite a bit of money to become what they were, That's and they're right. growing, and they needed to make profit, you know, I mean, you know, this was during a time where people were, you know, building big websites and then, you know, it's like come back later and see if we can make some money. And so they really needed to, they needed to do this. Yeah. And, and on top of that, I think I remember that time so well in marketing because you used to be able to have some sort of reasonable lead time when you had a customer fill out a lead form on a landing page, but people that were answering their customers in like, you know, an hour would find out that their competitors were answering customer inquiries within 20 minutes. So it it got so super, super competitive. And when people started to move their brands over to Facebook, they could throw that Facebook hat in the ring as well and communicate with customers and, and compete in a different way than they ever had before. So really interesting times. All right, Amber, I think we need to take a little bit of break for the ads and we'll be right back with PPC 101. Time to pay homage to our sponsors. More PPC 101 when we come back. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Cranberry Radio is your new destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Browse through our complete library of programs at cranberry.fm or on demand through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and Google Play. Don't worry, you can still access all of our great webmasterradio.fm programs at cranberry.fm. Refresh your bookmarks today to Cranberry Radio at cranberry.fm. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. 
Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Add some Cranberry Radio podcast to your playlist as part of a better profit margin. Cranberry Radio. It's it's good for you. Really. We're back to bring you the basics of digital marketing on PPC 101, only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to PPC 101 on Cranberry.fm. I'm your host, Amber Turrell. And Dave, you still here with me? I am. All right, Mr. Ogletree is in the house. So before we left, we were talking a little bit about the history of Facebook advertising. And I just want to mention again, HubSpot has a really killer deck about the history of Facebook. And I'll make sure that you guys get the link so that you can go view that. So some of this comes from there. And uh, I believe when we left off, we were talking about the 2007-2008 recession and how, how Facebook stepped up advertising that specific year and put their pages program into play. So any thoughts on that, David? Any any wisdom, or are we good to proceed to 2009? Well, like I said, I didn't really get into it for a few years ago, so I don't really have a whole lot to say about that stuff. I mean, uh, I know pages are great, but, uh, you know, and I really haven't done much with them since then. I mean, back then. I think I've made about 7,000 Facebook pages wow. in my lifetime. Probably not that many, actually. Maybe more like 70. But it, it's definitely such a great way for a business to consolidate personal assets from brand. And I, I think that, that Facebook is really smart to harness all of the technology that they have. You can really see, if you look through this timeline, the evolution of how they started and where they ended up. Um 2009, they started doing advanced ad targeting. They started doing geo-targeting, language targeting. Page owners could set up and manage their own ads for the first time, which was a huge, huge breakthrough deal, and which is what really allowed Facebook to compete with Google, Bing, etc. 2009 was also the year that Facebook truly stepped up its agency game, which I think is is really important. You know, if you own a net, an ad network, Getting with the agencies is what's really going to establish you because, David, as you know, an agency is going to go out and get the customers and put them on Facebook or put them on Google. So businesses that have never really thought of getting involved with pay-per-click before will start to do that when they get involved with Google or Facebook. So another groundbreaking year, 2009. And then in 2010, mobile app. So that was the year that most of us were able to download that little Facebook app and uh, start to use it. And I, I'm sure that my husband cannot imagine his life before the <laughs> the Facebook app. So there was there was no there was no app before that. According to this timeline, it's looking like this is when ads came to the mobile app. So oh, okay. I'm not 100. percent There could have been an app before that, but. I mean, keep in mind how recent this technology is. If, if that date was the date that the app actually premiered, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. Believe it or not. But that's a good point for us to check. So 2010 mobile app, along with the mobile app, came mobile advertising on Facebook. So now you could be advertised to even on the bus or in the bathroom, like David and I talked about earlier. Yeah, I saw a guy in the bathroom just, long checking, conversation. just checking Facebook on in you know, on the I was peeing. <laughs> it's like, really? And I'm, like, I'm like, is that gross? <laughs> because, you know, I don't pee standing up, so I wasn't 100% sure if it was gross or not. It's not gross. It's weird. <laughs> it, it is kind of weird, I guess. I guess that I, I told David, I'm like, you can never stop doing business. <laughs> you must be doing your business even when you're doing your business. That is the world of digital marketing. I guess so. <laughs> anyway, so perhaps this gentleman was using the Facebook mobile app while he, while he was in the bathroom at the stall. You're an old thing. Anyway, I just said you're an old on the radio. Okay, so 
moving on from 2010, we're going to get into 2011. And 2011 is when Sponsored Stories happened. David, do you know what Sponsored Stories were on Facebook? Yeah, I, what, kind of what we were talking about a while ago with um, LinkedIn, right? Yeah, it is right. And actually, the way that it used to look, and most people listening probably remember this if they're over the age of like 15, Sponsored Stories used to say, it would say something like, David Ogletree likes Colgate. And then it would have an ad for Colgate. You remember that? Yeah. So in 2014, which is three years after the launch of that, Facebook was actually sued by some people who were claiming that that violated their privacy. And it kind of does violate your privacy because you really don't want a member of your family (laughs) seeing that. (laughs) Well, I don't want a member of my family seeing that I like some of the things that I like on Facebook, right? So. It is. It was a violation of privacy, so Facebook dropped that and no longer do that. But they, they do still allow you to boost specific brand ads. So if your brand creates a post that you either want to advertise something or feel strongly about it, you can boost that post and hopefully get some leverage and maybe even some new fans. But sponsored stories went to friends of friend, friends and friends of friends and uh is no longer with us, so rest in peace, Sponsored Stories. Huh. Um, just looking ahead at my timeline, 2012 mobile ads. So apparently 2010 was the mobile app, and 2012, two years later, is when the ads popped up, so I was wrong about that. Um, you've only been able to enjoy ads from your finest advertiser on the bus for the last four, going on five years now. In 2013, you started to be able to do lookalike audiences. Dave, do you know what lookalike audiences are? Yeah, when you picked one audience, uh, you'd find an audience that's similar to that audience, kind of like similar audiences in AdWords, right? Yes, it is so awesome. It is the most awesome thing ever. So nowadays, Facebook is getting so powerful that you can basically come up with an avatar, feed it into Facebook, and Facebook will generate a list, an a list of people to send to and to give impressions to based on what you're specifying. Like you can get so, so, so specific. So I know we're not to the tip section yet and we still have a lot to talk about, but I just want to end this Facebook history by saying that one of the most important things you can do on Facebook is to develop that customer avatar because you can market to somebody down to the music that they listen to. Like if I want to market to somebody that's buying a Ford truck am I going to want to market to somebody who listens to Britney Spears or am I going to want to market to somebody who listens to Toby Keith? Right. Like in, you know, central Oklahoma (laughs) or something. I mean, you can really, and, and I'm not necessarily encouraging you to stereotype, but to a certain extent, you know who your avatar is and you can nail down, nail them down to age, to occupation, income. And that the more you use that and you utilize that to, come up with your perfect audience, the more success you might be able to find. So and you, can actually, an avatar. and you can actually test that. You can create one for both and see which one does better. You know, if, if you know, test out your stereotypes, you know, find out if that works. Test out your stereotypes. Can I get that on a t-shirt, please? <laughs> PPC 101 t-shirt. <laughs> but it is, it is true though. And David's absolutely right. And I think, I think that a lot of the businesses that I've worked with on Facebook are certainly not doing enough avatar marketing and I, I know that with White Coat, we do a lot of Facebook advertising and we always, always, always have an avatar and we use it to the T. And I see it work. So there's a tip. So what you got, David? Do you want to talk a little bit more about the history of Google or do we want to keep mixing yeah. it up? No, actually, I can go ahead and, uh, you know, we, we, we didn't finish off talking about the history of Google. Um, I can't remember exactly where we stopped, but I think it was 2010. Um, yeah. In 2011, um, they added uh, the top of the page bid estimate. Um, you know, now paused ads can affect your account. So, so what this means is the um, Google estimates um, how much uh, you're going to need to, to be at the very top of the page which means number one. Um, and so that, that, that's something they added. Um, another thing they added, which I'm not a big fan of, is AdWords Express. Um, 
the thing that you accidentally get if you set up your AdWords account wrong. God, um, yes. <laughs> that's why I always create them in my um, MCC account so I don't accidentally do that. But um, AdWords Express is added. Um, I really don't recommend AdWords Express. Um, if that's what you're going to use, um, I, I just really don't recommend it. It's Google's way of getting people in quickly so they can get their money. Um, I just really don't see much benefit in it whatsoever because you can go in and set it up Man, set it up yourself and uh, do a lot better because AdWords Express is just going to spend your money. And uh, but you know, if you just want to do it really quick and get going and and drain your credit card real fast, that's a good way to go. <laughs> Draining your credit card on like a new MacBook instead of that. Yeah. But that's just me. Who am I? Um, and they also added things called uh, bids on calls added, which is now called call only campaign. So you could start doing. Um, where you bid on an actual call as opposed to a click. So someone has to make a phone call. So basically it's a mobile-only type of ad. Um, and then about 2012, Google added Google Tag Manager, which I don't know if have you ever used that? I have. It is a wonderful tool, and it, it's a little bit of a learning curve. It's not simple, um, but it's really powerful, and especially for agencies and for uh, consultants, it's really powerful because if you're dealing with a client who has somebody who's in charge of the website and they don't want you touching it, that's really hard because we need to be able to get in there and do things. So if you say here, if you can convince them to add the tag manager thing in there, you only have to do this once and then you're done with it. You don't have to mess with them again. Um, you can now, and then all you have to do is log into Google Tag Manager and then you can add any tag you want to. You can add anything. Uh, any kind of tag you want to from any sub, like HubSpot or uh, AdRoll. What are some of the other ones you can think of that might have tags? Oh, God. I guess, does Conversion Fly, maybe? Yeah. Or VWO. Uh, yeah, all of just, that good stuff. Yeah, anything. Like, uh, yeah. You can add, you know, chat, online live chat code you can add conversion tracking for you know the twitter pixel facebook pixel um all those things so nice it's very nice i highly recommend google tag manager and learning how to do that then they added enhanced site links what this is is a text that is below the site links so whenever you go in to add a site links um you used to just put in a word or two and then a link now you can add it's like a little miniature ad um the only way I've ever seen this is if I go into um, Google and do tools and add preview, it'll show it to me. But I've actually never seen it in the wild. Have you ever seen them in the wild? In the wild, no. Yeah. I mean, it must happen because they added it and they say it works. But I've literally never, every search I've ever done, I've never seen text underneath the, um, the site links. But, you know. Might as well add it there just in case. Apparently, some people are seeing it, but it's because uh, if you go to the preview tool, you actually can see it. Yeah, I don't uh, either. And this the next one is what I kind of mentioned in the news earlier. 2012 was in Google Shopping was changed from free to pay. Do you remember that? Mm, I don't know if I do remember that. I feel like I feel like I've always used Google Shopping as like paid. Right. Do you remember if when there was a sense. Do you remember when there was a time when it was free? I don't remember that. <laughs> I'm sure I was doing marketing during that time, but yeah, I went to a conference years ago and they were talking about it and how to, it was, it was kind of like SEO for, um, uh, for product feeds. And so what you would do is you would generate your product feed, upload it to Google, and then you would optimize it just like you would SEO for your website and rank higher. There was no way to pay for it. That uh, sounds or, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, it was great for the people getting the free clicks and the oh, money. Oh, God, right? I bet. Yeah. So uh, in 2012, before that, like we said before, Amazon was heavily in there, and so they were showing up for everything. It was, you know, Google got tired of giving Amazon free traffic. <laughs> and and so um, 2012, they made it cost. And so that's now why you can't do that anymore. There's no such thing as the free one anymore. You have to pay to play. And that, that's one of the big differences that, that right. really changed then. Um, and that's pretty much all I have for the for the, the history. I mean, I, I know there's 13, 14, 15, and 16, but um, I was kind of wanted to cover those in different shows because those are stuff that we're using now yeah, and, right. uh, and not really ancient history. They're all pretty new stuff, uh, things that we're doing now. So I guess 
I'm not sure how much more time we have before break, but I, I guess we could go right into tips. Sure, let's go ahead and do that. What you got? you have any good tips for us? I do. As the main tip, I'll probably say it for a while, is you know, do your expanded text ads. Go in there, change them. They help you so much. Um, I know I said it last week, but it's just something you've really got to do. Everybody needs to hear this. You need to add your expanded text ads. You know, the other thing I want to talk about is... Um, you know some of the the features in in Google that we talked a little bit about a while ago called uh, call only. Now mm-hmm. if you're a, if you're a small company and uh, like a service based company and you don't you 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 can get into AdWords without a website. Some people are like, well, I don't have a website. How can I get into AdWords? Do a call only campaign. That's right. Yeah, I mean that that is a really good tip to get into that. So what what kinds of verticals have you seen achieve success with a call-only campaign that you would think don't necessarily need to have a website? Well, like I said before, the service, you know, the you know, the a repair guy, a TV install, staller, movers. Like the, did your toilet just explode and flood your bathroom? Call yeah. this emergency hotline now. <laughs> yeah. I have a cousin who started a little moving business in Colorado and and uh, it would be best for him. Um, he had a little bit of success with that. Um, of course, a lot of those guys are doing what well, they're doing a lot of Craigslist stuff. Yeah, of course. But, but um, you know, it's hard to it's hard to really stay on top of Craigslist. Um, I think pay per click really can help you and, and and really give you a return on your investment, especially call only type ad. And for a call only type ad, you pay when somebody calls, right? Yes. Yes. So it's not like you're paying per impression; you're paying when somebody calls. So if nobody calls you, you don't pay. Right, yeah, it's much better that way. Yeah. So another thing, yeah, that's a cheap way to get into things. Another thing I want to talk about, a lot of people, and I didn't even learn this till fairly recently, a lot of people when they go and they check their reports, they don't always make a lot of sense. And I didn't learn this until recently, but there's a thing called the uh, segment. You can segment out your, um, your reports when you're in AdWords. So one of the biggest things that I found by doing this is when you go into your ad extensions and you go to site links, and um, if you've ever noticed it or not, you go in there and you see, well, all my site links have the same impressions and clicks and CTR and everything's exactly the same. Like how that doesn't make any sense. Uh, that never made any sense to me until someone showed, I think I looked it up. I can't remember how I found it. But if you go to um, segment and you change it to this extension versus other, it will then show, it'll then now show you actually how that extension did. Nice. And that works with several reports. You, I mean, anytime you see a report that doesn't make sense, try to do that. And and the segment thing is really good just for anything. You can segment out by time, conversions. And another one here, network with search partners. Um, you know, I've, whenever you set up um, in the settings, you can – it's just a checkbox. Do it or don't do it. Um, show my ads to search partners like AOL and Ask and things like that. If you want to actually see the stats from those, because they just mix it in, you don't really, you they can't do. tell, you can't tell how well it is. Unfortunately, you can't go in and change your bidding. It would be really nice to raise or lower my bid in that oh, area. Oh God, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. I wish, right? Well, that, that you know, like we talked about in the history, that's the way it used to be for the content network. But they finally added that. But hopefully, one day they will add this. If they're listening to the show, please do it. Please, um, Google. So in segment, you go to network with search partners, and then it'll whatever page you're on, um, you're looking at ads, you're looking at keywords, uh, campaigns, whatever, it'll break those down into into that. Unfortunately, the only thing you can possibly do is turn it off at the campaign level. So um, if you find that you're doing really well or really bad, then turn it on or off. Um, generally, it's not a ton of traffic. Um, it's usually a fairly small amount of traffic, but I have found that it's very, very useful. Awesome. And uh, let's see what I say. Click type device. A device is a big one too, because um, if you go into your settings, you can actually see how your whole campaign's doing. But it, this breaks it down more by um, computers, mobile devices, and tablets with full browsers. And if you'll remember in the news from last week, you can now bid on uh, each one individually, which is so nice. And which brings back the concept of uh, some people are start going back to the old days where they would have a separate campaign for each one. So you'll have a campaign for computers, one for display, or not display, one for computers, one for mobile devices, and one for tablets. And uh, that's making a comeback now. Cool. Have you ever, did you ever do that back in the day where you would actually uh, have a separate campaign for mobile? Oh, absolutely. 
Yeah, so that that's kind of nice. I mean, you really need a lot of traffic to do that. And uh, another tip I'd like to give, because, um, you know, uh, people will be listening to this show, you know, they may have a small account or a medium-sized account or a big account. When you're doing small accounts, and I work with a lot of smaller clients and bigger clients, but my smaller clients, you know, some of the stuff that you read, a lot of the articles you read and a lot of the advice you hear has more to do with large amounts of data. So if you're getting just a tiny amount of data, you know, you don't really want to be splitting stuff up because you need to have a, a, a significant, a statistically significant amount of data to be able to make decisions with. So if you're getting five clicks a day, you're not going to want to break the, the, the mobile and desktop. You know, you just don't want to break those up, you know, for if you're only getting five clicks a day. Because I have some yeah. clients that do that. They literally only get five or six clicks a day. And, and they're happy with it. And they're making money off of it. Um, you know, because they're a tick, their clicks are expensive, and they don't want to spend more than twenty five dollars a day. Yeah. Um, you know, it, you know, it see, doesn't seem like very much, but it adds up. You know, and like you know, it adds up to a whole lot of money at the end of the month, and uh, you just got to make sure it makes sense. Right. Great. That's all of that is great advice. Let's break, and then I'll come back and give my tip. That works. Time to pay homage to our sponsors. More PPC 101 when we come back. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising, or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero, and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited. So contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. Content for your ears and everything in between. Cranberry.fm. We're back to bring you the basics of digital marketing on PPC 101, only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to PPC 101 on Cranberry.fm. I'm your host, David Ogletree from WME Training, and my co host is Amber Turo Gomez from White Coat Digital. How are you doing, Amber? I'm just uh, still hanging. So we were talking about, you know, Facebook history, and then we started going into some tips. And I'm going to talk a little bit more, give a few more tips, and just kind of, you know, I'm a trainer, so that's kind of kind of what I do. And so I want to go in a little bit and talk about the dimensions tab. A lot of people don't spend a whole lot of time in there, and uh, you really need to go in there to make sure that you're spending the money in your right place. That's right. Um, you know, there's a lot of things. If you notice that you're not spending, you're spending too much. There's a lot of people will hit, they'll hit a um, their budget. So if you ever see limited by budget, the big red flag, you know, you've got to go in there and do something about that. Don't just live with it or put it on, you know, set, set it to standard, you know, yeah. set, set your account to standard. You want to keep it on advanced and have your ads show as soon as possible. That's yeah, the, and I think, I think, sorry to interrupt you. I think it's really important to tell people what the limited by budget flag means you've ran out of budget. You know, you have it set for $100 a day or $25 a day. And and uh, unfortunately, Google 
it doesn't actually adhere to that really well. So you'll if you have it set to 100, it might be 125 they'll spend. So they they will actually spend more than your budget. So if you actually have a really hard budget, set your budget a little bit less, maybe 10% less than what you really want it set to. Now, if it's $100, put it to 80, and then it'll stop at $100. So if that's what you're really right. concerned concerned about. And but I, I just want to mention too that when you have that flag, what it basically means is that Google is slamming the brakes on your impressions. Yeah, they so, stop showing your ads. Right. So it's it's really important to it's really important to not nest to strategize and not necessarily give in to the money monster because Google's whole thing is to try to get you to spend more money, right? Like right. that's what they want. And that's a quick fix for limited by budget. But what David is saying is that there are other ways to enhance your account and to stop wasting money rather than just, you know, throwing the suitcase full of bills off the cliff, which is kind of what Google wants you to do for yeah, their benefit. If you run out of budget at 2 p.m., you know, what about all the sales you could be getting after that? That's right. You know, find out where you're not getting sales and then get the sales, you know. The whole goal, you should always, always be checking your account to try to figure out what's the least amount of money I could spend to make the most amount of money. And that, that should be your goal. And you should always be, even if you're fine with your budget, you should always try to spend a little bit less if you can, or try to figure out more places to spend the money. Cause there's a lot of places you can spend money. Once you, um, once you've exhausted as much as you can out of search, you can start doing display. You can do remarketing. You know, there's, there's a lot of different places to put your money. So you make sure that you, you know, being more efficient with that. So the dimension tab is where you can really go in there and find out. Um, really the first thing you can do, um, is to go in and, and look at devices, find out, uh, you can look at look at the campaign level, and you can go into the settings and, and check out device. And you can see real quick in there what's working, what's not. Um, the Dimension tab will actually break that down at the ad group level. Um, you can also do in AdWords. There's always a million ways to do the same thing. You can yeah. also do you can also just uh, like we talked about before, setting it to segment. But you know it's really good to go into the dimension tab, and then in the top layer it starts off by view day, which isn't really useful normally, and then you can go change it for device, or you can set it by geography, or you can set it by time. Time is one I do a lot too, hour of the day. So if I find that I'm just wasting money between certain hours, I will go set my campaign settings so that I don't spend money during those hours. So what do you do if you happen to be kind of looking at your hours and you see that your campaign is converting just like hotcakes between, let's say, 1 and 3 p.m. every just about every day? Well, then you can actually go into your um, campaign settings and the schedules and you can actually raise your bid there. So okay. like if, you, if your CPA is normally $10, but during 1 to 3, it's like 1, you're like, well, crap, I should probably spend as much as humanly possible, you know, raise it by 25%, 50 you know, you can raise it to 600%, I think, uh, or quite a few percent, you can raise your bid quite a bit to make sure that you're number one all the time during that time, because it's so profitable. Um, that, that's an extreme example, of course. Yeah, it but, is. Um, I mean, when you're working with the agency team, they'll normally tell you no more than 5 to 10% at a time, just right. my experience. Right, right. But if you want to peg it, you know, like, you know, I just want to make sure I'm number one all the time. You can do that. But um, another thing you can do is day of the week. And uh, be careful that you have your, um, when you're doing reports on that, you have your time set so that you have the same number of days of each day of the week. So make sure that you have your uh, days set by seven. So, like, if you start on a Monday, make sure that you end on a Sunday, that kind of thing. So, yeah. you know, like, you don't want to set last 30 days or last um month because they're, you know it doesn't equal out you'd be like it'll give you false data you'd be like oh wow i do really good on saturday but that month had five saturdays so it's yeah not, exactly had that happen before <laughs> so you gotta you gotta watch out for that it's no fun and uh one of the things you'll notice at the end of this little thing where it says view day you go over here and you'll see a little down arrow what this does is it lets you actually download this data and pull it into excel uh, we're not going to get into like a whole Excel tutorial, but if you if you can go and you can go and um, type into Google um, pivot tables, learn how to do a simple pivot table and use this data for that. Because you, especially for geography, I use pivot tables for geography all the time, so I can actually see 
you know, where I'm doing in the state. So it'll combine all the stuff and it's really useful. I mean, every single, the little download link is on every single tab in, in AdWords. So anytime, anything that you're looking at, you can download that data into a spreadsheet and go nuts and just start playing around with the numbers. And it's a lot of fun. I, I really enjoy doing that and I do it all the time. I smell so, a David and Amber tutorial coming. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, Excel can be really powerful, especially pivot tables. So just go look that up in Google. Learn, learn how to do a pivot table. It's really simple. It's just a few steps. Um, and take that data and just go in there and look at it. One little tip One little tip with that, though, is whenever you download this data and you're going to be working in Excel, the first thing that I always do is I delete the first and last line because you don't need the totals in there and you don't need the little what the name of the thing is, and that kind of messes up some things and if yeah. you don't do, it helps a lot just to delete the first and the last line and then and then go nuts and, and enjoy your spreadsheet if you're into that kind of thing like I am I know that's a little weird but that's not weird being into <laughs> spreadsheets is a lovable thing that's not weird at all see this scented candle it's still going <laughs> pretty good hickory, hickory hearth scent makes me so calm very nice well, I think that's about it for today. Um, that's it already. Yep. Yeah, we, you know, today Dang. we talked about history, uh, Facebook, a little bit of AdWords, and, uh, and had a big long tip and uh, section. And uh, and so next week we are going to have uh, Bill Hartzer on. Woo! He, he's uh, an SEO guy, uh, but he's dabbled a little in pay per click and has a really good, interesting white paper and talks about how using the new TLDs like .diamonds or .shop or .club and how those can, instead of a .com and how those can actually help you in your pay-per-click. And so please join us next week to, uh, in our next podcast and you can hear Bill Hartzer talk about that and we're going to grill him and ask him a lot of questions. A lot of personal questions, a lot of hot dirt. Just kidding. Probably not. But um, just remember, um, <laughs> you know, if you ever need any training, you can come to wmetraining.com and uh, I can help you with your training needs. And Amber, what, what kind of stuff do you offer? You can come talk to me anytime if you have a question, if you want to chat, if you want to consult. I'm at amberturrell.com. That's T-U-R-R-I-L-L. The company I work for, I'm a funnel engineer for whitecoatdigital.com, which is a super awesome company. We do custom advertising for people, both funnels, and we also will do your marketing for you and we'll kill it. So that's us. All right. Thank you for joining us at PPC 101. You can download episodes of our program by going to cranberry.fm or subscribing to your show on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, or SoundCloud. And very soon, we're going to be on iHeartRadio. Thank you so much. We'll see you next podcast. Bye, guys. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited.